Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another PC Boys podcast. This is your boy, Logan. So, this podcast is kind of just on a whim. I'm literally, like, getting in the process of getting ready to go work out. And I was just like, shit, I gotta, I gotta do a podcast, because, like, I gotta talk about this shit. So, um, this podcast is just simply gonna be me talking about my favorite superheroes and villains in Marvel. And they literally only revolve around Spider-Man and Daredevil. So... Yeah, I'm just I'm just gonna talk about this. I don't even know fucking why I'm making a podcast on it, but fuck it. I, I'm very passionate about this, so I'm I'm gonna fucking do it. So Daredevil and Spider-Man are my two favorite Marvel superheroes and two favorite superheroes in general. Okay, now uh, Daredevil is by far in second place behind Spider-Man when it comes to Marvel. If you wanted to go to like my overall favorite characters of all time. I mean, Daredevil, you know, would be overtaken by Alita. He'd probably be behind Optimus Prime, too. But we're not talking about, like, my favorite characters in general. We're just talking about Marvel. In Marvel, he's my second favorite character, by a long shot, okay? And I've always loved Spider-Man and Daredevil. It also helps that they also work together in the comics as well. So, I've always loved those two. Because, number one, they both are in New York, okay? So, they have, like, the same playground. They tend to have, like, these crossovers. And the fact that, you know, Spider-Man, very relatable character. The first comic book character that I ever was introduced to. So, naturally falling in love with Spider-Man and having him be my favorite is, like, it's easy, right? But Daredevil is a character, believe it or not, that I was not introduced to until I guess you could say I was in middle school when I first even fucking heard of the guy. Um, years ago, prior to hearing about him, like, I did watch the Daredevil movie, like, the Ben Affleck one, like, the really shitty one, but I was a kid, so I didn't even really pick up on the fact that it was Daredevil until I was older. So when I say I was introduced to him when I was older, it's because when I was a fucking kid, I didn't I didn't know that number one, this was a Marvel character, or even who the fuck Daredevil was. So when I was in middle school, that's when I started to get interested in Daredevil, specifically Man Without Fear. So I believe that was the Bendis comics. I believe I could be wrong because I know that there was a Daredevil Man Without Fear like subheaded. Um, but maybe, or maybe that was Ultimate Daredevil. I don't fucking know. Let, let, let's just be honest here. There's too many fucking storylines and comic books for each and every character and iterations. It's hard to keep up with them all fucking now. Anyways, the point is though, Daredevil and Spider-Man have always been the two characters that I li- I love to read about and to watch because they're so vastly different, right? Because you got a kid who's, you know, trying to do the right thing, who's struggling balancing his life of, you know, being a kid, a student, you know, a boyfriend at times, you know, a friend, and being Spider-Man. And then you got Matt Murdock, where he's lawyer by day, daredevil by night, and he's blind, which is a different aspect to his character. He has a radar sense, which is stronger than Spider-Man's spider sense, so I think that that kind of complements the two nicely as well. And he's more brutal. And then, of course, you get introduced to one of the greatest villains ever, Kingpin. And, you know, Kingpin isn't, like, this super crazy villain. Like, he's super smart, runs a criminal underworld. He's fucking muscular as hell. But, I mean, we love Kingpin, you know? So, 
when I look at it, I'm like, okay, those are my two favorite Marvel heroes. Now, when it comes to the villains, the villain side of things is where things get a little bit messed up. Because you would assume, because I'm a Spider-Man and Daredevil fan, that, like, Green Goblin, Venom, Kingpin, they would be up there, right, in, like, the first three spots. You're wrong. <laughs> Taskmaster is my favorite villain in Marvel. And I've when Black Widow came out, I, I stated that. And I bet a lot of people are like, that is... That makes no fucking sense. How are you a Taskmaster fan? Because Taskmaster is a villain where you're fighting against yourself, but you're not. And he's also a villain that has one of the fucking most iconic and silly outfits I've ever fucking seen. Obviously, as, you know, time has gone on, his design's gotten so much better. But when you think about, like, his early iterations with him, you know, having the skull mask, the white cape, the orange and blue, you know, like, spandex outfit with the fucking white tidy whiteies on, like, it's, it's the funniest fucking looking shit, but Taskmaster, I always liked, because, yeah, he's not a complex villain, he literally copies other superheroes and mimics their moves when he fights them, like, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it's not super crazy, but it's just the fact that you have someone that can do that and stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Avengers, like, that's very interesting to me. And he's just a mortal man, really. So it's not even, you know, it, it's not even like he needs to be something super crazy. He isn't even a main villain most of the time. He just teaches, or he, um trains the henchmen of Marvel, and that, you know, that's really all that he does with occasional appearances here and there. He even had his own series, Taskmaster Unthinkable, which I did buy digitally and read back when I was younger, physically. I loved that storyline. That basically involved um, him getting Hunt down um, by essentially who would be his ex-wife, and he has to go on this journey and remember who the, he is, and then he gets caught up by, I don't remember the character's name, but he looked like a general of some kind, and he was a super big douche. Anyways, he ended up having a fight against Taskmaster, and Taskmaster had to use his ability to mimic his fight moves to be able to beat him, and he ends up forgetting his wife again, and then the whole cycle repeats, so literally what the whole journey was throughout the entire comic run kind of got undone. Uh, I believe she uh, she went by the code name of the Org because she was sending you know people that he trained you know Taskmaster trained after him the goons after him and yeah so I mean I really liked Taskmaster Unthinkable you know it's a little short run but I really liked it personally and um, I've always liked Taskmaster just because of how different he is like yeah he's not super crazy and he doesn't really have anything that you know stands out outside of his outfit and mimicking people, but, you know, he doesn't have his own superpower, right? Like, he, he literally just recreates and mimics the moves of people he watches and observes. But I still find it to be interesting. I always have found Tony Masters to be interesting in that regard. So, there's that. And... Then, of course, you know, you get into Venom being my second favorite villain slash anti-hero because Venom is literally what I would have to say. He was connected to Spider-Man. Also, 
came out in Secret Wars, one of the greatest comics of all time, right? And, you know, Venom is just a character who is funny, but he's dark and he's scary at the same time. And he's able to go toe-to-toe with Spider-Man. And I don't know. I've always found Venom to be an entertaining villain, even though it's mainly Eddie Brock trying to get revenge on Spider-Man for ruining his life and shit. It just, it's one of those things where I always have liked Venom. You know, he's always been an appealing character to me. Not the Sam Raimi Spider-Man 3 version of Venom, but even the new Venom movies. I mean, I think they display Venom pretty well. I like the, you know, dynamic between, you know, Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock and Venom. Like, I like that dynamic. I like how they act towards each other. Like, I like that. Venom is an awesome character, honestly. Third favorite villain would be Green Goblin. Green Goblin is just that classic Spider-Man villain who literally has the opposing like mindset of what Spider-Man does. Spider-Man uses his powers to do good, to save people. Green Goblin uses his powers for his own selfish gain, to rule over others, to conquer. That's the Green Goblin. And, you know... Also, having the fact that, you know, he's trying, you know, he kills one of Spider-Man's girlfriends, Gwen Stacy, on the bridge, and at the same time, like, you know, he's also the father of his best friend, and there's just so many dynamics there. It's it's, it's really, like, great, and it's great storytelling. It's genius storytelling, because you not only have Peter Parker fighting against a villain that's going after the people that he loves, but it also, the villain connects directly to his best friend so like it's one of the reasons in my opinion why the Raimi trilogy even in the third movie why it worked because you know you had this comic book route where everything was created and whatnot right but then you go to like the Raimi movies and the way that they utilize the Green Goblin and how they turn Harry into a villain come Spider-Man 3 throughout that trilogy, like, it works well. That comic book arc, that comic book storyline has always influenced the movies and the cartoons, everything storyline-wise after those comics. Creating great storylines like The Spectacular Spider-Man, one of the best, if not the best, animated series. For me, it goes between that and the 90s version of Spider-Man. It goes back and forth with me personally on those two. But it's still, he's a great villain, okay? And I know some people are like, well, then why not put him above Venom? Because Venom is just a fun villain. You know what I'm saying? Like, Green Goblin is a very serious villain to Spider-Man. You know, literally has the direct opposite morals and thought process of Spider-Man and how to use his powers and whatnot. Like, there is that direct difference. But when it comes to Venom, I've always found Venom to be a fun villain, but a fun villain in the sense that he's still trying to go after Spider-Man, but it feels like it's a petty thing. You know what I'm saying? It feels like a petty thing. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it, it's entertaining. It's not like a, it's not like the Green Goblin. The Green Goblin and Venom are good in their own ways. 
But I, I think that they have utilized Venom more in different creative ways than they have with the Green Goblin. Because the Green Goblin, every time you see him, relatively is doing the same fucking shit as he was the last time. But with Venom, they made him an anti-hero. They made him a villain to Spider-Man. They've had them work together before to face Carnage and stuff. So, I mean, they've done a lot with Venom. They made him interesting. They made him into a very... A popular character in the early 90s to early 2000s, and, you know, even with the new Venom movies, like, Venom is a good character, for different reasons compared to the Green Goblin, the only reason I put the Green Goblin below Venom is just because of how they utilize Venom in the comics, in the movies, and everything, and how much of a different personality they give him, don't get me wrong, the Green Goblin is one of the best written characters for Spider-Man ever, but I just like the fact that there's more versatility with Venom and how they use him. That's really what I'm, I'm trying to get at. So, with that being said, my last, like, favorite villain in the Marvel, like, comic book universe, even though there's so many, would have to be Kingpin. Now, I will be honest with you, Kingpin was never high or even on this list for many years until the Daredevil Netflix series. Because back in the 90s cartoon, you know, Kingpin was always there. Like, he's this evil mastermind that runs the criminal underworld, and he's a really big guy with a lot of muscle. But I never saw the Kingpin as this grandiose villain. I never looked at the Kingpin and was like, oh, I really love this guy. You know, I don't love this villain. Like, I never had strong thoughts and feelings towards Kingpin until the Daredevil series. And I think because of the Daredevil series, that's why I respect Kingpin more now than I ever did back when I was a kid and a teenager. Because the way that they show how the Kingpin uses his power and influence... And another thing with the Kingpin, too. The Kingpin and Daredevil are literally Spider-Man and the Green Goblin. They're different and they're the same at the same time. They are literally the mental, like, mentally swapped version of the hero. And that's why I think the Green Goblin and Kingpin are so good at being villains. Literally just because... They have the hero have this, like, the reverse mindset of what they do. It makes for great storytelling. And I think that that's why Daredevil and Spider-Man, when it comes to those two villains in particular, work well. And why some of the most memorable storylines are with those villains. Because those villains literally attack the hero in a way mentally and challenge the hero mentally. Because of their different standpoints, you know, and that's the thing about it. It's so nice to see that. The main problem when you when you see Spider-Man take on the Kingpin, which is normally the lens I used to look at it before I, you know, became introduced to Daredevil, is the fact that um, he never really seemed to have the same views or seem similar to Spider-Man in any way. And that's one reason, or the main reason, why I never looked at the Kingpin as a good villain. Because Spider-Man and the Kingpin did not look eye-to-eye on anything. They didn't even have the reverse psychology going on, like the opposite viewpoint 
but the same kind of mental mindset in a way, right? Like, it wasn't like looking at a darker reflection of Spider-Man like it is with the Green Goblin. That's why the Kingpin for me was never a villain I could sit there and say, this is a great villain, because he just seemed like another just person for Spider-Man to punch, really. That's all the Kingpin seemed like to me. But then I started reading Daredevil, and I watched the Netflix series, and that's when the Kingpin I started to love, because same thing with, like, the Green Goblin with Spider-Man. You got a villain and a hero that mentally, how they view the world and how they view themselves, it's the reverse of the hero, and it always makes for an interesting story. Same thing with Captain America and Red Skull. When you look at Johann Schmidt and you look at Captain America... Captain America and Johann Schmidt, right? At least, you know, movie, like in the movie, right? When they both are, in, you know, injected with essentially the same serum, one more perfected than the other. The serum enhancing what is good and bad in the individual. Theoretically, when you look at the Red Skull and you look at Captain America on a physical strength level, they're literally the same. They are literally the same. But the Red Skull is evil. Hence why he ends up looking the way that he does in the movie. Because the serum enhanced the bad, giving him side effects. Bad ones. <laughs> hence by his face. So, outside of him looking different... Their philosophies are different. Captain America is not selfish. He doesn't think of himself above people. He tries to stand up to a bully. Stand up for the small man. Has respect for the power that he's given. Johann Schmidt, on the other hand, looks down upon those. Feels inferior. Now, granted, he is a Nazi in a sense, so... You know, he was a Nazi scientist before he was... Well, he was a Nazi scientist, subdivision Hydra, but you get the point. He then, you know, thinks of himself as a god, and he looks down at people. He's a bully. And he, you, him and Captain America have the same powers, but their ideologies go head-to-head. -head. Captain America hates bullies and doesn't look down on people. He's, he's very um, selfless and courageous, Red Skull looks down upon other people, thinks of, thinks of himself above other people, and he tries to use his power and his intelligence to punch down, where Captain America uses his to punch up. And it, it's very interesting how the two are, because their ideologies go opposite. If you look at, you know, like... the. the they go opposite, but they're the same, if you get what I'm saying, right? Like, they both have the same power, but the way that they use that power is different. It's the same thing with Spider-Man and Green Goblin. They both have immense power, but Spider-Man uses it to save people, to do good. Green Goblin uses it to hurt people, to gain leverage over people, to rule over people. And then you look at um, Daredevil, and you look at the Kingpin, right? The difference between these two struggle is that the Kingpin and Daredevil, unlike Spider-Man the Goblin or 
the Red Skull, and Captain America, you actually have similarities between Kingpin and Daredevil. Kingpin and Daredevil both want to make their city a better place, if you will, right? They want to protect their city, but the ways that they go about it are so vastly different. The Kingpin thinks that if he makes his own version of New York, his own version of Hell's Kitchen, right? That everything will be a better place. Because it's his vision of what's a better place. Corruption, him having his hand in literally everything going on. Dealing with the underworld to get wealth, to keep control. In these areas. Daredevil wants to make his city a better place. By ridding. His city. And Hell's Kitchen. Of the crime. Of the corruption. So they're both trying to make the city a better place. But they come at it from different angles. Similar but different. The reason I say that it's different between Captain America and the Red Skull and Spider-Man and the Green Goblin is, is because they, they both are thinking the same way, but they go about it differently. With the other two, the philosophies are reversed in the villain's mind, right? When it comes to Kingpin, it's not like the philosophy, the philosophy isn't reversed with him. He's literally trying to do what Daredevil's doing, but he goes about it in a different way. Right? Where the goblin has power and uses that power to do the opposite of what Spider-Man does. It's not like he's trying to save the city or do good, but does it in a darker way. He's not doing that. He's literally doing the deliberate opposite of helping people. With the Kingpin and with Daredevil... They both are trying to make their city a better place by doing it in a different way. Trying to get to the same solution with different methods, rather than just doing the complete opposite of what the hero was doing, but using the same advantages the hero has. Having a god complex, if you will. The Kingpin doesn't have a god complex. At least in the first season of Daredevil, when you're watching it. He's trying to do what Daredevil's doing, but through his own means. Through his own way of, of going about it. Him and Daredevil think the same. They're both brutal individuals that beat the shit out of people, but the Kingpin actually crosses the line and kills. And then you look at the Goblin or you look at Red Skull, and they just do the opposite, opposite of what the hero does. Same advantages as the hero, but does the complete opposite of what the hero does. So it, they are different dynamics. But they all work. And these are the reasons why I love Daredevil, Spider-Man, um, Kingpin, the you know Green Goblin, Venom. Like, there's a lot of good stuff there. Taskmaster is just really the outlier. Because Taskmaster is just a henchman trainer. I, I, I don't know why, I, I don't understand why he's my favorite, he just is. Taskmaster is just, to me, he's interesting. 
He's kind of one of those villains like, yeah, he's not a big name. He's not designed to be a big name. In Black Widow, what they tried to do didn't work, in my opinion. I was not a big fan of what they did in Black Widow with Taskmaster. If they literally just replaced it with Tony Masters and worked in the whole, you know, oh, she blew up Dracov's daughter and maybe fucking, you know, Tony Masters was in the building and she called the shot and almost got him killed. Could have went with that angle and it would have worked. Made it made him and her best friends or that they worked together. Maybe they, you know, butted heads at S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, you could have done it from any different angle. But you could have done it. But they didn't. Point is, though, in the comic books, yeah, he's a simple character. That's why I like him, though. Because he is a single character. And that Taskmaster Unthinkable run made me like him. That, that one run made me like him. All honesty, no cap. So, I just wanted to do this podcast, just talking about my favorite villains and my favorite heroes and, and why I like them. Really, when I when I rank the villains, like, they all really can be inter- interchangeable. Like, I don't, like, hold Taskmaster really above any of these other villains or, or hold any of these villains above each other. They realistically all could be in first place, tied for first. Realistically, they can be. I just thought I'd throw out a fucking list, because why the fuck not? Everybody likes a list, nobody likes the cop-outs. There's a a difference between how I rank and think of villains compared to heroes. With heroes, there's a definitive. With the villains, there's not a definitive, because there's a lot of good villains. There's a lot of good villains. And with heroes, though, there's always something distinct that makes you like them better. Villains, it's not for me, because there are a lot of villains that... You know, depending on which hero that they are with, like, they have a lot of good pros. But, for me, like, I don't look at villains and judge them as harshly as I do heroes. When I say Spider-Man's my favorite superhero, he just is. There's no questioning or, or, or tying anybody with him because you can't. You, you just can't. And then when it comes to Daredevil... No one can take Daredevil's spot at second place. I've always been a bigger fan of uh, street-level Marvel over the cosmic side, over fucking... Even over, like, you know, the governmental, like, side of things. You know, like Captain America, or Falcon, or Iron Man. Like, I'm not a big fan of that. I love street-level. I love Spider-Man, Daredevil... Fucking, you know, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, The Punisher, like, all those street-level heroes I have always loved. I've always been a bigger fan of the street-level, because the street-level is so... You can get so dark with it, number one. Number two, it's not convoluted and confusing. It's simple and... It's just more realistic to what we know in real life. And that's why I like street-level Marvel better than the -the over-the-top stuff. I mean, there are comic book arcs like the Infinity Gauntlet and stuff, you know, that, yeah, they're really good and they're solid and I like them, but they're not... I will never put high things like that above the ground-level stuff. Even in my MCU ranking. 
Captain America the Winter Soldier is my favorite Marvel movie because it's more grounded. I like the grounded approach. I love Infinity War. I really like Endgame. But I don't like it as much because it's cosmic-based. That's simply the reason why. And also, I don't believe giving the Avengers films, like, first rankings is its not even fair. It's an Avengers movie. Of course it's going to be big in scale. Of course it's going to be fucking, like, giving you all the fan service you could want. It's Avengers. But I think it's a cop-out to put in, like, the first, second place sort of ordeal. I really do. I really fucking do. And, you know, that's kind of like a major thing for me. Like, when I watch Marvel, and I read Marvel, I will always go to ground level before I go cosmic or anything else like that. Because for me... That's what I love most about Marvel, is the ground-level stuff. Because when you start getting over the top and, you know, going cosmic and... It just... I, I lose it. I, I just... I don't like it. Guardians of the Galaxy. A lot of people love it. I'm not a big fan of Guardians. I'm not a big fan of Guardians. I don't like Captain Marvel. You know? I'm not a fan of the fucking spaceship. I don't like space stuff. Never have. Ant-Man with the quantum realm can get away with it. I'm not, I mean, I don't hate the quantum realm. I mean, it's not like space. It's, it's interesting. It's new. Space isn't new. Believe it or not, the quantum realm makes more sense to me than fucking cosmic Marvel. Because there's too much fucking shit you gotta deal with. You know, you got the fucking Beyonder, you got the one above all, you know, you got the fucking Watchers, you got the fucking um, Eternals, you know, you got the fucking Marvel, you know, Miss Marvel, Marvels, you got the fucking Kree, you got the Nova Corps, you got the Guardians of the Galaxy, even Thor, you could consider cosmic, it's like, you know, you got fucking Thor in the Nine Realms, and what all those fucking entail, you got... Fucking, um, uh, the Celestials, like, it goes on and on and on and on. The Clintar and stuff, like, the main difference with the Clintar is, though, they bring them to a ground level, but still, I fucking hate Cosmic. Even the multiverse, I don't even fucking like, because it eventually gets so complicated. It's like, okay, how many fucking Earths are there with how many versions of characters? Like, it gets to be too much. I like to keep it simple. Ultimate Spider-Man is one of my favorite comics, and I get that that's in the Ultimate Universe and not the 616 Universe, right? I get that. But at the same time, it's ground level. Okay, I know it's in the Ultimate Universe, but it makes sense, because it's ground level. There's nothing crazy going on here. I can keep track of this story. That's the reason I, I like Ultimate Spider-Man, because it's... Number one, it was the first Spider-Man series that I read as a kid. Like, don't get me wrong, I still read 616 Spider-Man. You know, the amazing Spider-Man and, and whatnot. Like, I read that. I read a lot of that. I started off with Ultimate Spider-Man. And I read it. And I loved it. And it was simple. 
As time went on and I started to find out about different multiverses and universes within the multiverse, it's like, okay, you like, you know, that's when I, you know, it, it gets confusing and stuff, but I, I'm not, you know, a person to sit here and say, I know everything about Marvel. I don't know everything about Marvel. I don't. It, I mean, I would love to know everything about Marvel, but I don't. There's too many comics, too many characters, too much for me to know everything. Okay? Marvel's phases one through four, like, okay, I got some, you know, either I really know the characters or I got some basic knowledge. Someone like Moon Knight, I had basic knowledge on. But I didn't know him completely. Knew him a little bit, but not completely. Like, that's the thing. The more the Marvel starts to talk about characters I don't know much about, that's when I'm going to start to get lost. Like casual fans, because there are just some characters that never appealed to me in the comics. The Eternals? Guardians? Didn't give a fuck about those characters. Like Agatha? Agatha who? Like, I didn't know who the fuck Agatha was till the fucking WandaVision series. But like I said, some characters don't mean anything to me. And therefore, you're going to miss out on some of these characters because you don't read the comics of the characters you're not interested in. So when new characters or side characters get introduced, you don't even know that they fucking exist. Marvel has a lot of characters I don't even know fucking exist. It's easy to keep up with Spider-Man. Everybody fucking knows Spider-Man. I know a lot about Spider-Man, though. Like, I made sure the characters that I do know, that I do have interest in, I invest my time getting to know everything it is about those characters. The amount of fucking versions of Spider-Man that there are is fucking crazy. You know, you start talking about, like, the Spider-Verse, Spider-Island and shit. It's just like, what the fuck? How many Spider-Mans are there? Spider-Women and shit. Like, you know, you got your Jessica Drew Spider-Woman... Right, you got her in the Ultimate Universe, and then you got her in the fucking 616 Universe, which, by the way, the outfits are completely fucking different in the two. It's like, it, you almost start to wonder if it's even the same fucking person. Like, in the Ultimate Universe, if I'm correct, she's, like, blonde or, like, brunette, and then in 616 Universe, she's got black hair. And then, fucking, you know, you, you start looking at, like, you know, you got Spider-Gwen, you got Ghost Spider, and then you got fucking, you know, Venom and Carnage and... You know, all the different kinds of symbiotes, you know, Agony, Screech, Riot, fucking, it's just, um, Toxin, can't wait for Toxin in Venom 3, by the way, uh, side note, um, but yeah, it's, you know, there's so much to keep track of, I mean, imagine trying to go up to someone and telling them about every Spider-Man, hey, do you know who Spider-Man is? Oh, yeah, Peter Parker, Miles Morales, and then you're like, okay, well, what about Ben Riley? Who? What about Miguel O'Hara, Spider-Man 2099? Wait, huh? Who? Who's that? What about fucking Spider-Man Noir? What about fucking, you know, Spider-Gwen? What about fucking Spider-Girl, Spider-Woman? You know, the Ultimate version and then the 616 version. And then, you know, you get the point, though. People start going down a fucking rabbit hole. Like, What? You know, it's, it's funny. There's just too many Spider-Mans 
or spider people. It's like, you. why did we create so many? I'm genuinely curious about that. Even when it comes to Peter Parker alone, there's like fucking plenty of incarnations. I mean, you got Peter Parker from Spider-Man War. You got the 616 version of Peter Parker. You got the Peter Parker of, you know, the Ultimate Universe. You got the Peter Parker in Spider-Gwen's universe that turns into the fucking lizard. Um, Just to name some. (laughs) Just to name some. There's a lot of Peter Parkers out there. It's pretty fucking nuts. Like, gotta calm it the fuck down, okay? Like, when I talk about Marvel villains and heroes, I'm not gonna sit here and say, I love all these heroes, because I don't. I do find some heroes interesting. I like Blade. But that's because of the movies, not the comic books. I don't even think I've ever read a comic book with Blade in it. The first time I was introduced to Blade was Spider-Man, the 1990s, um, the 1990s Spider-Man show. The animated one. That also introduced me to Morbius. That was the show that introduced me to a lot of these characters. Then I watched the Wesley Snipes movies, which are fucking awesome for Blade. You know, love Blade, but not because of the comic books, but because of the movies and other media I saw him in. Morbius, same fucking ordeal. Like, I like Morbius. Like, he's not a favorite of mine, but like, I like him. He's interesting because his vampirism is different than most other vampires in the uh, Marvel Universe. And... He even makes Blade a daywalker. And, you know, I I didn't think he was a bad character. But then again, it wasn't the comic books that got me into that. It was other forms of media. And that's the thing. Most of these characters I find out outside of comics. Moon Knight is an exception. I did read comic books about Moon Knight. I did read his origin story. But Moon Knight, to me, is an interesting character. I like the idea of, like, the, you know, moon god of Khonshu, Egyptian mythology, bringing the dead back to life and being an avenging avatar. Like, I like that whole ordeal, the multiple personalities. I like that. But I would never say I'm a super big Moon Knight fan because, let's be real here, right? Would you rather pick up a comic... Or watch a movie of your favorite superhero or one that you find interesting. Obviously, you're going to go with your fan favorite each and every time. Like if someone sits you down to watch a vampire movie, right? And they say, do you want to watch Twilight or do you want to watch Underworld? You're not going to go with the one that you find interesting. You're going to go with the one that you actually like. Like, if someone sits me down and says, Logan, do you want to watch Spider-Man 2, Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2, or Spider-Man Far From Home? I'm going with Sam Raimi Spider-Man 2 every fucking time. Now, a better example, a better example would be, Logan, do you want to watch the Moon Knight series on Disney+, Plus, or do you want to watch Daredevil Season 1 on Netflix? Let's watch Daredevil. 
No comparison. I'm going to choose my favorite character or one of my favorite characters over one that, yeah, I have interest in, but um, he's not a favorite of mine. And that's kind of the thing. Like, I will indulge in some characters that are interesting, but they're never going to be my favorite character because I already have set favorite characters. And, and realistically, you only have so much time to spend with each and every character. For me, I would rather fall in love with certain characters, right? Know everything there is to know about those characters and their villains and their storylines and everything. And, and you know, briefly know about other characters that are interesting to me rather than try to give them all, sep- you know, the same amount of attention but not know as much about my favorite character as I could. And not to mention, I don't read comics like I used to. Modern day comics suck. I'm not reading them today. And I have a hard time sitting down reading to begin with. So really most of my comics knowledge is just limited to what I read when I was a kid. I can't sit down and read. I can't do it. Audiobooks help. But normally when I listen to an audiobook, I'm trying to go to bed. So I'll put on the audiobook and I'll listen to it and fall asleep. Or listen to it till I'm sleepy enough, then I'll turn it off and fall asleep. But when it comes to a comic book, like you gotta you gotta visually be looking at that shit. And with how you know short attention spans are nowadays, I can't look at a comic book and listen. Can't do it. Not even for some of my favorite runs. There are some times where I get in a reading mood, like I bought Taskmaster Unthinkable one day, I was in a reading mood, and I fucking read it through all over again, loved it, for all over again, (laughs) but it took me to get into that mood, I'm not in a reading mood often, so that's why I tend to just either take from what I know back in the day, or I reread some issues when I'm in the mood when that rarely happens. But yeah, Marvel Comics, you know, everything today, it's it's so different to how it used to be. And, you know, with the MCU growing, I eventually believe I'm going to lose interest in the MCU. Because eventually they're going to just have movies with characters that I don't care about. I have no interest in caring about. And we're kind of almost even getting there now. Like the Eternals. I don't care how many Eternal movies you make. I'm not going to watch them. I haven't even watched Eternals once yet. Because I don't give a fuck about the Eternals. I have no interest in getting to know them. So for me... It Like, Captain America, I'll watch. Spider-Man, I'll watch. Daredevil, I'll watch. Moon Knight, I'll watch. Ant-Man, I'll watch. Things that are at least semi-interesting to me, I will watch. But if, if it's fucking on a character I don't give a shit about, I'm not gonna fucking watch it. Agatha, big pass. Not watching that shit. I don't give a fuck about Agatha. Fuck that bitch. Don't give a shit about it. It's, it really comes down to 
where your favorite characters end. When your favorite characters come and then they go, or characters that you like come and go, it starts to get boring. Marvel is going to be starting to reach at the bottom of the barrel, eventually with the MCU, to try to make movies. The MCU, one day, will die. It will die one day. It'll be the largest cinematic fucking series in history, but it's going to die eventually. You want to know why? Because Marvel will run out of characters. And when they keep trying to sell you the same fucking movies over and over again, saying that they're variants or they're from a different universe or whatever, people will get bored. Eventually, people will get bored of it. Because it's the same shit. Over and over again. And it will drive insanity. There's a reason I stopped buying Marvel movies after Phase 3. Because most of them are not worth the buy. I don't even watch. Every Marvel movie I own in a year. The movies that I watch the most out of every phase, one through three, because I have the box sets, movies, the most ones that I watch, here we go, Spider-Man Homecoming, all the Iron Mans, Captain America 1, 2, and 3, Avengers 2, Avengers Endgame, and Avengers Infinity War are all the movies I watch from Phase 3. That leaves out Spider-Man Far From Home. That leaves out Black Panther, both Guardian of the Galaxies, Ant-Man 1, Ant-Man 2, The Incredible Hulk. If I watch that, it's normally with my dad. I'm just not a huge Hulk fan. That leaves out Thor 1, Thor 2, Thor 3. Well, scratch that. I do watch the original Thor normally. I do like that one. So, that leaves you out of those 20-something movies. Oh, and Captain Marvel. Okay. So, out of those 20-something movies... Like, 22 or something like that. I don't even watch, like, 10 of them. Never watch Captain Marvel. Obviously. Don't watch Spider-Man Far From Home because I fucking dislike that movie so fucking much. I don't watch most of the Thor movies because I'm just not into them. The first one's good. After that... Like, I don't hate Dark World, but I would still prefer not to watch it over most other Marvel movies. Most of the movies that I watch are Avenger movies or Iron Man or Captain America films. Once in a while, I'll pop on Ant-Man. Once in a while, I'll pop on Ant-Man. But not often. Not often. Spider-Man Homecoming is another movie I really love. I don't like MCU Spider-Man. Well, you know, at least right now, with the next movie, 
they have for him, that all could change, I pray. But as of right now, like, Homecoming and No Way Home are the only ones that I enjoy, but No Way Home was in Phase 4, so we don't count that one. So yes, I enjoy Spider-Man Homecoming. But really, Phases 1 through 3, the only films that I really watch are the Avenger movies, the Captain Americas, and the Iron Mans, and Spider-Man Homecoming. Every other fucking movie, I really don't touch. Outside of Thor 1. And why is that? Because those are the movies I genuinely enjoy the most. Out of Marvel. I own them to say that I own them, but how often do I watch them? Not often. I don't watch Marvel movies that often anymore. Why? Because when I was a kid, I watched the MCU over and over and over again for fucking years. I don't need to sit down and watch those over and over and over again. I mean, recently I binged all the Iron Mans. And I also watched Captain America 1 and the first Avengers. And I'll probably throw on fucking Winter Soldier sometime soon because I really want to rewatch that movie again. I love that movie so fucking much. The The main thing is, like, Spider-Man No Way Home, okay, if we talk about Phase 4, what movies, okay, would I rewatch out of Phase 4? Spider-Man No Way Home. That's it. Black Widow once in a blue moon. But No Way Home is the only Phase 4 movie that I would rewatch. I like Shang-Chi, but it's not a movie I'm going to sit down and watch multiple times. I'm at the point where I don't want to own every Marvel movie. Because I genuinely know some of these movies I'm not even going to sit down and watch again. Spider-Man is a given. Even though I hate fucking Far From Home, I end up popping it in if I end up watching the MCU Spider-Man movies because it's part of it. Fuck's sake. But I don't watch every MCU movie as it is phases one through three. Why the fuck would I go waste my money to buy the new Doctor Strange? Waste my money to go buy Shang-Chi? And I enjoyed that movie. But I'm not going to go out and spend money on movies that I'm, chances are, not going to watch. Like, the MCU, like I said, is going to get abundantly fucking filled with movies. The chances of you buying those physically and watching them all over and over again with how many movies are already even in the MCU, not to mention how many fucking more they're going to be making up through Phase 6, your chances of watching all those movies, not going to fucking happen. Not going to fucking happen. That's why I've stopped buying Marvel movies. I've stopped. The only Marvel movies I'm buying from this point forward is Spider-Man. And any other movie that makes a breakout fucking hit. Like, I mean, the movie needs to be fucking dynamite to make me want to go buy it. Outside of that, I'll just watch it on Disney Plus if I ever want to rewatch it when I have Disney Plus. That's just how it's going to be from now on.
But, ladies and gentlemen, that is all I have to talk about. I almost made an hour-long podcast. Isn't that fucking insane? I haven't done an hour-long podcast in a hot minute. But it's just a big conversation. Really. That's all that we had today. A long conversation about Marvel. Pretty nuts. But I needed to talk about it all because fuck, dude. I just... It just hit me and I'm like, fuck, I gotta do it. So... As always, go to our Discord to communicate with us. Maybe give us some feedback or whatnot, some ideas of what you want to listen to. Subscribe, or subscribe, fuck. Um, yeah, well, yeah, subscribe to the podcast, but, uh, you know, follow our Instagram, PC Boys Podcast. Um, normally on there, I just post movie posters of things I'm interested in seeing, or um, I post pictures of a video I just uploaded so that way people are aware that there's a new or video podcast they're aware of the new podcast that I've uploaded so yeah I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this one because because I haven't sat down and talked with you guys for an hour in a long time this has been a fucking while man so yeah I just needed to talk about it all, but the MCU is just, it's getting too big, guys. I mean, I can't own every movie anymore. I'm not going to even be watching it. It's a big waste of money. I'm pissing money away to own every fucking movie. For what? Not to watch them again? Nah, I'm not doing that shit. If I'm going to rewatch it, I'll do it on Disney+. And if I ever buy the movie, I'll buy it digitally, because I don't even have space in my room to hold physical media anymore. It's fucking ridiculous. Like I said, though, the only movies I'll buy... Physically, or Spider-Man movies, and that's really it. Or a Marvel movie if it really, really, really stands the fuck out. I'm not gonna rewatch any Disney Plus series. None of them have made me say, "Damn, I want to rewatch that shit again." Even Moon Knight, I don't want to rewatch it. I don't. But hope you all enjoyed, and I'll catch you all in the next one.